Good morning, everyone. Hey, you found us on the map, Mental Health and Addiction Podcast. I'm Kimberly Walsh. I'm here with my co-hosts and amigos and partners in crime, the amazing Andy Panda Bernstein. What's going on? And the incomparable Kristen Harry Long. Incomparable. So for you guys who are new to the podcast, just so you know, a little intro here, Chris Long has been in this industry for many years, um, dedicating herself to working with families, helping people get into treatment. Andy has been an advocate for changing the landscape of mental health and addiction, both as the producer of Crosscheck Radio. Mike, mute yourself. Mike, we can hear you. <laughs> With hockey legends, well, little technical difficulties, Kevin Stevens, and through his own experiences. As for me, I own and operate Brady's Landing, which is a sober home for women on the Cape. We put this together, this podcast, because all three of us are very passionate about reducing the stigma around mental health and addiction. And we believe that the more light we shed on these topics, the less people will shun, ostracize, and otherwise punish those who suffer from mental illness and addiction. Um, we have a new feature for you guys. We are able to take your questions on live Facebook. So post whatever you want to. We'll be able to see it. We're monitoring all your questions and um, we can help out in that way too. So before Chris introduces our Yes, for today, uh, we like to do a check-in real quick. Um, Andy, you want to start us off? Yeah, um, I'm all right. I'm all right. Not great. Not bad. How's that walking going, Andy? Good. I did um, did my 10,000 steps yesterday, and uh, I need to do it, get out of the house. Um, you know, uh, I'm okay. Don't watch the news. That's my suggestion. Yes, especially now because there's so much confusion. Kooky. <laughs> it's kooky. It's kooky. It is kooky. Yeah. Trying to stay positive in this. Um, hopefully the economy will open up soon, right? Yeah. I think it's more than money, though, too. At the same time, I think uh, making sure that people are healthy and safe, I think, is... That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, um, probably, you know... But it's a luxury, you know, to stay home. It's kind of a luxury if you think about it on some level. Some people can't. They don't have, you know, so I could go on all day. So I'm not going to do that. It's kind of all how you look at it, right? It could be a blessing to be able to stay home, be with right. your family, that type of thing. Or you, or it could be something tragic. But um, I think it's a little both sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Uh, I'm all right. Um. I did a, uh, uh, joined a Zoom meeting yesterday with the uh, Boston PLA or Massachusetts PLA and <clears throat> got to see some, uh, some colleagues, I guess you could call them. And it was just fun to check in. And, you know, we did a little bit, we discussed a little bit about um, self-care and what that looks like for each of us. And it was kind of funny because we're all like, we have so much time that we, we don't know what to do with all this time. Uh, we all agreed that we work better when our plate is overflowing and have so much to do. And now that we have nothing to do, you know, you make all these lists when people, you talk to people when they say, uh, oh, you know, I'm gonna get this project done and I'm gonna get that project done and I can't wait to start this, whatever. And then now they're talking about opening up 
again slowly and people going back to work and everybody's like oh I didn't get this done and I didn't get that done and it's like it's just one or the other it's either you're, you're happy or you're not you know there's no just whatever hour to hour yeah if somebody Literally. asked me I'm like I'm hour to hour yeah <laughs> yeah ask me in 10 minutes I'll tell you yeah right I'll tell you by the end of the show I could be in a better mood who knows right. <laughs> yes yeah. I I understand well, good. Should we then bring it? Go ahead, Andy. Do you have well, a news? No, I just wanted to throw something out out there. Um, I have to throw it out there because it's so bizarre. Have you guys seen that commercial for <laughs> one of the uh, uh, the liquor companies? Not seen it, but I read that this morning <laughs> when you sent it. I was like, "What? It's crazy!" It's oh, so crazy. oh, we've got it on. That's look at that. We all miss our drinking friends. Day in the book. <laughs> Time for a it's so crazy because me? Charlie, the guy's home alone, Bobby, right? Mark, and he's Zoe, looking at all Gabby, the different household Mimi, items and calling Mike, names to them. It's like, oh, there's, you know, hello, George. And, <laughs> so he's basically, you know, if you read too much into it, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, it's like, right, it's okay to be home, isolated, drinking, talking to yourself. <laughs> talking to your inanimate objects around right? the house. Right? Did, you, did you guys read uh, what I sent you? Get, did I text yeah. you? Yeah. Those numbers? Hold on, i got to pull them. Wait, it's the most bizarre commercial. That is funny, though. I'm a 12-year-old, so it's funny to me. I believe we're right? It's morbidly funny. That's what I'm saying. It's horrifyingly funny, but it's yeah. sad. At the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, hang out, drink, you know? And when did liquor become an essential service anyway? I was just wondering. I don't know. Well, I know. And you know what's funny? Media, and we've talked about this before, media is so powerful. It is so powerful that believe me they wouldn't spend all the money they spent on advertising if it wasn't so no. um that right so let me, bunch of, let me read these numbers to you just for cure just for you know just for scarcity beeps, beeps and giggles okay <laughs> um let's see the biggest one day jump in alcohol use was in washington state where an average of uh bac's increased 426% wow. on the first day in North Carolina, the average BAC S's increased 200%. The first day, this is when everybody went into lockdown, uh, compared to, I don't know. Probably because of alcohol sales. Uh, right, they're talking right. about blood alcohol content. That's a BAC, is a blood alcohol content. How would they possibly know in one day what people's Probably blood alcohol content is? Because of, <laughs> you know what it was because this, and it says it right here. It's because those people that um, have the in-home breathalyzers that have to blow into it. Oh, the scrams. Something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, That's how they knew. In Massachusetts, uh, let's see, Arizona was eighty-three. Uh, and 65% in Massachusetts. So we, we were actually on the low on that one, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It goes one, that one way, good but, thing. But, <laughs> you could skew it that way. <laughs> yeah. So the scrams and there's nothing they could do because we're in lockdown, you know, the courts are closed, everything's cold, closed. So, you know, they're all out celebrating 204. Huh. What did I say? 426. Yeah. It's, it's bonkers. It's bananas. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be completely deluged with people when um, when this thing is over. Oh, yeah. All full up. All full up with the, yeah, addictions. And 
And you know what I, I heard too, that that the suicides and overdose rates and all that stuff is about to, the deaths caused by those are about to surpass the deaths from COVID. Right. Because is that right? Can't get back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I sent you yeah. that, that other article. Uh, that People one. can't get back to work and they're, they get, you know, for every, there's a, there's a statistic for every so many people out of work, there's so many suicides because of it. It's just. Um, so drugfree.org uh, published a couple of really short articles yesterday and a new study estimates that as many as 75,000 additional people in the United States could die from drug or alcohol misuse and suicide result of the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic. That's, so yeah. when we're starting to surpass the number of deaths in COVID, it's time to, you know what I mean? To get people back to work. I mean, I, I safely, safely, but. Yeah. We're oh, saying the hurricane's safe. coming, you know, yeah. I mean, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know. it's scary. Yeah. It's very scary. It is scary. Both sides, both sides are scary. Both options are not good options, but. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's bring Richie in. Let's yeah, bring Richie in. Please. Nothing. Um, so I met Richie probably three years ago uh, via social media. Uh, he reached out to me looking for a female um, guest for his show. He was on a timeline. So I hooked him up with um, uh, a friend. And uh, she was unable to help him, but through the, through the, I don't know, through connections, uh, we have become good buddies. And he, um, he's a motivational speaker. Uh, he shares his story. Uh, he's an author. I am a heroin addict. Um, I think he's, are you producing, he might be producing a couple of, or trying to produce a couple of movies or films or short films, or he's participated in them. Um, he uh, is a survivor and has an incredible story uh, to share. And uh, without further ado, ado let's uh, welcome Richie Farrell. You're muted, Richie. Can you hear me now? Ah, yes, we can. Welcome. Sorry about that, Kenny. Sorry about that. How you got? How you doing this morning? Well, doing okay. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know. I mean, the um, this disease is is um, really, you know, difficult. I had um, um, someone close to me I had to bring to the hospital last night, so it, it was, you know, it's difficult. It's not easy, but hey, you do the best you can, right? Before before we move forward, Richie, what did that look like? Um, it was unbelievable. You go to you you pull up to the um, to the emergency room. And you, um, uh, a nurse comes out to you in a mask, in a wheelchair. They take her and put her in the wheelchair, say, um, sorry, and you say, hey, love you, good luck. That's what it, that's, it's kind of, it's, um, it's bizarre. No visitors allowed. No visitors, no support. No. No, no uh, advocacy, no advocating. Yeah, there's nothing whatsoever. You're, you're just, um, you, you say goodbye, but you know for the ride down, this is how it is. This is the world we live in. There's nothing much you can do about it. We just got to keep, keep on keeping on and, uh, and uh, do the best we can. Wow. And how are they, have you had a check-in this morning at all? I, I did. I did. She, she called my wife and, you know, 
it's a it, denial is like an incredible. I've been straight over uh, coming up on 33 years, and um, you know, from a from a heroin habit back in the in the day, and um, um, I've worked, you know, I've worked for 10 years in Hollywood and seen everything you can possibly see, and denial. Uh, the denial I saw yesterday is in, is incredible. The pain someone can endure um, for denial to live through that that and to and to not accept it. I mean, the the, um, the, the her liver en- enzymes were uh, over sixteen hundred. The, the normal the normal are between one hundred and fifty and two hundred. Wow! And the that's a normal healthy so that's like near death and you can you hold on to that to that thing that you're okay you're okay and and um you know but for the grace of god so it's not a it's not an easy thing to to but i'm i'm so you know my entire family has been you know afflicted by this stuff i work and you know uh it's, I see people all the time, you know, that, um, that, that have a, um, incredible, we have people on, on our Boston TV show. Well, you know, we, we can't have it yet because Boston's not open, but, um, I've had, you know, the stories of guests that I've had on the show, um, are phenomenal, you know? So the, uh, in a lot of ways I'm lucky. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us about your journey and tell us, you know, where you are now. Uh, uh, well, you know, right, right now it's, it's, you know, the, um, the I'm a writer and um, I, I have a company called legacy 1111, which um, we, when I came back from, from, um, from Hollywood three years ago, um, I, I was involved in the movie, the fighter. Um, and um, from that, I, I, spent five years working on that film and um uh from that i i went to uh la and i lived uh, in new hampshire part-time and i lived in la in west hollywood part-time and um uh became a wga screenwriter and worked on um um uh on films that uh, sony would send me the uh, uh the dialogue i there's a there's a um, part of the WGA contract um, that is a polisher, and that's what I did. So um, we, we, I would basically uh, polish dialogue that was uh, dark, you know, from um, from movies that were going out that the studio uh, had the scripts already done, but we're, we're, we're looking for them to get polished. I did that. When I came back here, because my son uh turned 12 and i wanted to be with him here because i know how fast at 12 to 21 goes uh i started a company called legacy 1111 uh which is involved i i thought uh, the best way i could jump in there would be to um through uh the media through stuff that i do and bring bring recovery into the living room so i um a boston city councilor um um, uh, Frank Baker saw me speak at a um, at a medical um, uh, convention one time in Boston, and came 
he said he had read my book, my first book, What's Left of Us. And um, uh, he uh, asked me to come into his office and one thing led to another. We went over to um, uh, Boston Neighborhood Network over there and uh, we started a show. We have one we, we know that I started before that with uh, Jazz, our buddy Jazz up in, up in uh, Nashua. And that thing goes all over the place. So, you know, basically my company, what we do is we uh, try to inspire people through um, our experiences, through, through, um, uh, through stories, through guests, um, you know, similar to this, to, to your show here. And my story is crazy. I mean, I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts in a really um, tough spot, um, Irish Catholic crazy thing. You know, the funny thing is, Chris, it's just during um, uh, this uh, pandemic, I was able to, uh, my wife showed me all these um, uh, boxes she was clearing up and had pictures of me playing football with my, you know, back in the day with my helmet all banged up. And uh, and uh, I found a, um, uh, a file of a manuscript that that I received my MFA, my Master in Fine Arts from it. I started going through these stories. They were like 500 pages. I, I found these four stories that were, um, that were kind of like uh, Salinger's book, uh, um, uh, you know, The Catcher in the Rye, where it's an adult narrator looking back as a child and telling the story in, in that child's voice. And they were kind of funny. There were stuff growing up for me and Lowell and, um, you know, the Catholic Church and my crazy father. And um, uh, so I worked on editing those four stories. And I have a book that's uh, that'll be out this week. Um, but yeah, called um, it's a it's a book of short stories. So it's uh, and it's going it's um, I think it's coming out Monday. It's called Bless Me, Father, for I Have Sinned. Uh, Confessions of a Recovering Catholic. And uh I love they're really, that. I mean, that's awesome. They're not, they're not, they're, they're not appropriate at all. They're like really, you know, they're told from a 14 and 15. It's about a kid. Again, again, I, I call them a fiction. So everybody will get this, but uh, it's about um, a um, uh, young kid who falls in love with a, um, with a, a sports illustrated swimsuit edition cover. Um, it's about a, um, a, a uh, uh, you know, some, some of the stories aren't appropriate and I'm sure the me too, it's the, you know, but they're funny. They're just funny stories. And, um, so I, I do that. And, and what, what, I, what I got from that, Chris, is that I plan on, um, I have these incredible stories that what we call in, in LA scriptments and, um, they're, they're a combination script and treatment and i have like maybe um 20 of them and they're really you know that you pitch to studios and you go and some that i sold some that are just there and, and so i'm going to turn them into in short stories and i'm going to publish one a month uh, um with you know with my publishing company That's and awesome. just just keep and i'm going to use that money i charge like a buck to uh, to two nine well Kindle Select makes you charge two ninety nine, but um, uh, and I'm going to use that money to just take uh, the exit team show all over the country and and uh, 
public access stations all over. Hey, awesome. hey, hey Richie, I had a question. Um, yeah. You do some work with, um, obviously, The Fighter. Yeah. One is one of my favorite movies, so um, love it. But yeah. my question is, um, so Mickey Ward, obviously, um, local fighter hero. Yeah. Brother, Dickie. Yeah. Uh, you you worked with him, right? Um, as I ran with I ran, yeah, I ran with Dickie. Dickie's my age, and we 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 ran. So I I'm um I'm related to that family. The, okay. The, the Ecklands, the Wards, the the the, 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 the there's um you know we're we're um you know distant distant cousins. So we all ran together back in the day. He um you know, they did the story. I guess that was your story, right? About yeah. doing the HBO. Yeah. And that, um, he. High on crack, high on crack street. Right. And he thought he was fighting that you guys were doing a documentary on him beating sugar Ray Leonard. No, that's uh, not but knocking him down. No, right? see that the, the one thing, one thing people have to realize is that, and I learned this a long time ago is that, you know, I learned, Darren Aronofsky, the great director, told me one thing, never read your reviews, never read what people write about you because um, 95% of them aren't the truth. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll, if they're good ones, you'll get an ego and you'll forget what's real. You know, so that's not true. He, he knew the entire time that we were making a documentary film on crack cocaine okay. in the attempt that um, to help others. And, and, and I, I was like a year and a half straight. And I, you know, it was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life because I crossed the line. Um, you know, I, I really, um, you weren't ready, not, right? What's that? Were you ready to do something like that? No, but you know what? I, you know, like, like um, so, so I went uh, in, in 91 to 93, I covered the war in Bosnia. And um, um, they, they, they had like cartoons and signs out of people blown apart in the street and, and women and kids dying and blood, the blood coming out. And it said, uh, hey, quick, sniper, call a, a, a journalist. You know, so there's a thin line in being a journalist on 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 when you cross a line of someone's personal um, space or you know someone's personal rights, and and I came dangerously close to that line um, in in High on Crack Street, and it was it, there was no malice in that. I was a year and a half straight. I was there. I was going to, my goal was to change the world. And to, that was part of my, re- I was going to go out and, and, and help people not to go into this, uh, into this hell, but it was, it's wrong. I mean, I, I had a chance to, the, the, um, uh, I'm trying to think the, this young lady from the Cape here that I see this, her name is, how you doing there? Um, yeah. So I, I had a chance. They called me HBO. They called me on that, um, uh, that heroin show. Uh, Cape Cod on here. Uh, Cape Cod. That right. was the worst movie. I, I refuse Why? it. Uh. Listen to that. Listen to that. that. That the woman who did it made about two million dollars. Like I passed up 
a million dollars to do it because I told them right out, you're exploiting. Now it's, those are hard to pass up. Those are hard to pass up because back when I made Crack Street, they, they, the, the HBO contracts were about a quarter of a million bucks. Now they're about two million. So I knew when they looked, I knew what I was going to pass up, but I had done that. I said, I did this gig. There's no way I'm going to um, tape someone drooling, nodding out, falling flight wow. down. That That's just not for me. So my point is, is that, um, you know, it, um, Andrew, is that um, Dickie knew exactly what um, he was doing okay. 100% of the time. Got they, it. The, we, okay. I won the DuPont Columbia for that, one of the highest awards a journalist can get. And before they, there was word out, some some haters put some word in that we had done this and we had done that. They they actually went to prison. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, Columbia actually sent a journalist to prison in Shirley when Dickie was and interviewed him. And they sent, you know, unbeknownst to us, we didn't find out until after. They were doing their due, due diligence to see if any of this was true, that we paid them. People were saying we paid them money to smoke the crack cocaine. All this stuff. People come out of the woodworks when you're successful. That was one of the highest sure. rate documented. That, that, the the, the uh, cable companies, the night that was on, it was like, it's still a cult classic. You, you can go online and still watch it. We can't. We tried shutting it down a hundred times, and they can't. They we tried selling it. We tried, and we, we can't do it. I mean, the the when when they went, Dickie had every opportunity to say that we paid him. Um, Boo Boo, they went to Boo Boo in mm-hmm. in Lowell, and Boo Boo said, and after we knew what we were doing, we signed up. Right? And so the the thing is, that's what David O. Russell, the director, made part of the movie, because movies, whenever we take a, a like like uh, the fighter is only about. 60% true, you know, uh, we, really? had, we had to, there's a, there's a structure in screenwriting. And so when, when I worked on this script with Scott Silva, we stopped, we had a script. The, the initial script was um, uh, the initial budget. When, when, uh, when I worked on this with Brad Pitt uh, before the strike, Brad was going to play uh, Dickie. Um, it was a $38 million budget when it went down after the strike and it wound up being a $13 million budget, which is low. So we had to take the script that started with me and Dickie driving um, uh, mopeds uh, down at Hampton Beach, all whacked out. And and him, it was a week before the fight, and um, we, were, we were letting the um, uh, bikinis cross the street and and Dickie wasn't paying attention, looking at the girls, and crashed into a car, and the the, the footpad went right through his leg. He actually fought Sugar Ray Lennon with this hole in his leg. Oh wow! So that's how the fight that's how the fighter started. And then when we went from thirty eight million to thirteen, we had to just cut it down. So my point is, I'm talking too much here. My point is that. All that stuff that you hear about about ninety five percent of it is bullshit. So, so thank you. And um, two two other things. You know, I I had Chris just watch Silver Linings Playbook, 
which is a, a David O. Russell. Great film. He, David's a David's a, a genius, but he's out of his. He's crackers. Mind. He's crackers. He's crackers, man. He's crackers. <laughs> um, are you it's involved the with, the, <laughs> with the fighter too? Was I involved with it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I worked. I worked for five years on the fighter. When is the fighter two coming out though? Isn't oh no no no! I saw fighter two. I thought you asked me two as in T O O. There's no no. There's no. See, that's another fallacy. There, there's no. Uh, the, the you know poor poor Mick had a had a um a pretty um uh I he should have got a a lawyer an entertainment lawyer from Hollywood. He got a a Boston guy that's a great guy that he trusted. Dick, Mickey's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet, and he's okay. a sweetheart. And that you know, there's just no way. You know, Wahlberg's getting too um too old, um, and he he's just um, it's just not going to happen. The the um, uh, contract's not set up to to make it happen. It's not. Oh. It's okay. all a um, it's all bull. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. answering my questions. Yeah, we were, we, our idea was to do a thing that opened up with Gotti and him because we left when he won the championship of the world in London. That's how we ended it. But the three Gotti fights are like stuff that'll live forever. So what we did is we, um, we had uh, pitched the idea to, I forget if it was Warner Brothers or someone, we had pitched them the idea of um, opening up in being brought in in the ambulance and being like all, all messed up and all cut and bleeding and all of a sudden pulling back the the emergency room drape and there's Gotti, which is a true story. And they became friends after the first fight. And so that's how we we were going. It would have been a great, great film. But wow. lot, I worked on a lot of great. I I I worked on a film. For two years with Catherine Hardwick, uh, who did the first Twilight, um, and it, it it's called Bitch Posse. It would have been like the it would have won every Academy Award you could possibly think of. But get, things it, it, think of making a movie is like this giant uh, clock in London. You know, this big tower with all these wheels that are turned, and if there's like there's like eighty of them to keep the time going. Right, and if one of them doesn't work, the whole clock doesn't work. Bang. Do you um? Do you see? Um, sorry to. No. Uh, uh, um, do you That's see? Right. Do you see that there is room for more movies about mental health and addiction? Do you think we need more of those? Yeah, I just, I got a I've got a movie that um it's the last movie I'm gonna because I'm basically out of it. It's the last movie I, I'm gonna um. Beyond, I still have like four or five of them in development. Like as a writer, you sell them, and they have so long, and, and five to seven years, depending, on they come back to you. And I, I had sold my um, my book, What's Left of Us, my first book, um, to uh, Channing Tatum, and uh, I wrote it as um, seven days in a court order detox, and so um, so I wrote a script. And we were going to make the movie, and and um, uh, I I was a little upset about Channing playing me because um, I'm so much better looking than Channing Tatum. <laughs> no, no. So, but, I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but the um, the the um, 
it didn't work out. Poor, poor Chan's got some some issues that that maybe one day we'll have, we'll be able to have him on a show like this. Um, but you know the the um, um, so that script is back to me, and as soon as this pandemic is over, uh, I'm going to work to basically make a a two million dollar film um, here at at Tuxbury State Hospital. Um, in Massachusetts and um, Ooh, or Boston Cab. Richie, maybe yeah. well, Rich, Rich, maybe yeah. you'll be able to get Brad Pitt to do that one. <laughs> no, Brad is <laughs> <laughs> but you, we need a young kid with two million bucks. We need a young kid, you know, that um, is on his way up, you know, and wants to get, you know, dra dramas. You know, you, this is dark. It's in a it's in a um, a detail. The entire thing's Sean, and I, I don't know um, if, if you're familiar. Is it Kim or Kimberly? Kimberly. Kimberly, if you're familiar with um, Lowell, Massachusetts at all. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm aware. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm in recovery was, too. Yeah. There, there was a, uh, a detox. There was state run called Lowell Detox. And it was up on the hill next to uh, Solomon Mental Health. And it was like, it was like uh, uh, built in, um, 1920, and um, the one flew cuckoos. Uh, you know the movie one. It well, oh, yeah. so it, it 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 made one flew flew over the cuckoo's nest look like a four star hotel. Wow. That, that, that's how bad this goes. Wow, was. nurse ratchet. Yeah, yeah. So they, they they tore it down. So the closest thing to this is the um, uh closed down unit at Tuxbury State Hospital, right? As you come on the campus, mm -hmm. they say it's it's um um haunted and oh my God, it's like it's like perfect. It's built in that time, just the same one type of thing. So so that's where we hope to get it. Um, but yeah there's some so um there there's some great opportunities I think that um to make movies like this. The problem is the last one didn't do well. Like I, I tried to get my buddy um, there from um, from Marblehead's movie about her daughter to you know through my agent um, and stuff and it was a it's a great you know she's a great writer it's a great first book it's a great but it came right after uh, Nick Chef's story you know about that beautiful boy or whatever and it yeah. failed miserably at the box office so th this is a business. And, and um, the, 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 you know. Why do you, why do you think that people, you know, like Beautiful Boy and Ben's Back, yeah. right? Two different yeah. views of addiction in a family. You know, um, I found both movies to be very real, have a lot of reality in it. Why do you think that um, these types of movies just won't sell? Uh, I, I think for the same type of movie, the reason that, that we have such a problem with stigma. I mean, that, it's the exact same thing. It's like, wow, you know, it's like, um, how can you, you know, the, the, so all this person wanted last night, my family member went to the hospital and this morning again was don't tell anybody. Don't, please don't tell anybody. Tell my bosses. And so it's, you know, this is incredible, right? What we we know these wonderful stories about 
denial, I mean, the wonderful meaning they could really have an impact and help chain break that stigma. But to get someone to pay nine or ten dollars to go to the movie theater is a different situation. You know, we're there, there, we're, we're talking about executives that don't. I mean, I know personal stories about executives that have told actors that, okay, if you do this, we'll give you a role in the thing. I mean, it's in their we, best interest, right, Richie? Right. I mean, it's monetarily it's in their best interest to not to right. keep them down, to keep them, to keep the stigma going. Yeah, you got it. That's it. And so, I mean, there, it would be in, the, in a perfect world, be fantastic. You know, it would really help. I mean, that that's, um, it's going to take time for shows like this to continue to get into, and that's why I my mission with the with the exit team in Boston is because the audience, the built-in audience, is two hundred eighty-five thousand people. Now we don't get that turn on, but we're in right after the news and right after the Boston news that shot from BU. That's that, and so who knows who we get to stand on? And if we build this three years from now, if we take these shows like this and put them all over the yes the, the country mm-hmm. and a people platform right? yeah th- right and we create this platform now now it's easy because like i i try and be crazy on my show in boston and and my um my co-host just left um and and so but it was a great i know thing. her by the way she's great yeah and allison and, what, what's that allison is your yeah, co-host, doc, doc, yeah she's uh thank you Thank you. She's great. She's great. Um, and and we did a great, we built a great thing. Um, she's just exploding. She's just exploding there with that, with that company she has and what she's doing with the state. And it just, you know, becomes a conflict of interest and stuff. But she's that, sharp. I, I, now, now I have this other young, beautiful girl that's, that's crazier than I am, right? And I'm this old white junkie up there. And so I got this young girl and we go back and forth and we we banter so the first 10 minutes of the show is my madness and her madness so we're hoping that we can hook people right we call that in writing at the beginning when you hook people bring them into the show that are watching the news and all of a sudden two years from now it's like hey you got to see this crazy show but then they sit around and they see you know um chris come on on or, or Kimberly come on or and people come on and talk about this and all of it because it's not as as much of a stigma anymore. So it's going to take years for us to break this down. What do you? So, what, so what do you hold on, oh. hold on, Andy. I just got a, a message from somebody who's watching, and he said stigma perhaps may be the reason for not selling, but reality is people want entertainment, like the Tiger King, for example. Stupid but entertaining. People don't like to see the truth because it's not entertaining. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We also have a question too from Facebook chat from David Bowen. He wanted to find out from Richie what it was like to doing the exit team. Um, the exit team was great. I mean, I love, I love, I love Dr. Burns. She's like, she's, she's like crazy, crazy brilliant, you know, and um, we had so much fun when we did the, when when Frank Baker um, called over there and said what we we're going to do, and we talked with um, the mayor's people and stuff, we we um, had to do this test show and, and to see how it would go, the thirty minute test show. 
And I, I had this idea, and, and I had met Doc Burns at that same speech. Um, and, uh, you know, she's this beautiful young girl. She's got everything going for her. And so um, we had the control room. There's like four people in the control room and the camera. There were three cameras in here. They, they were all in hysterics, right? And at the end of it, they said, you guys sound like an old married couple. <laughs> so it was like for doing that show was just like that. We called each other like our, our you know, husband and wife uh, show. Husband and we then we went at each other, like insulted each other, but nothing personal, you know. And um, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of, um, you know, a um, lot of stuff done. And and when we opened back up, um, John John Green's um, uh, um, like no the, first time, no first yeah, time. Yeah, he's they're going to be a sponsor now, and. Um, we got um, Carrie Ann Cacavaro. I don't know if you know Carrie Ann, but she's- I love her. She's the best, man. She's batshit <clears throat> crazy. Crazy, <laughs> and she's the perfect she one. She the crazy, not the shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know, she, I guess. Like, so, so I love the exit team, and, and my goal is to, you know, we're, we're gonna open in Portland, and um, Jazz's show is like taking off. She's a rock star up there in New Hampshire, and, um, and um, you know, so I love I love the exit team stuff. The the mayor hasn't opened up the um, the TV studio yet, so as soon as he does, we're we'll we'll be back in play. Hey, All hey, right, so Rick, I'll go ahead, Andy. You keep cutting me off. This is a very important question. No, okay. Um, um, have you seen the show Louder Milk? Um, I like the name's familiar if you like you know as you get older you're saying so tell me crs right see <laughs> yeah that's right that's it uh, um my uh so that's a uh peter peter fairly um bobby and peter fairly. yeah it was a show about um ron livingston from office space is the is a uh former writer for rolling stone who becomes a an aa uh he runs aa meetings Okay. And he's miserable. <laughs> it so sounds great. Oh yeah, it's sounds hilarious. Great. But it's on direct TV. Yeah. So it's hard to hard to see. But um I asked them, I said, Do you think that there's a place for comedy in in this um you know in around addiction or at least highlight you know, trying to bring you know some uh comic relief to this? Do you see there's right. any, any um opportunity there yeah i think i think comedy has to be part i mean i was all i'm you know i was always insane and and i i just am, am continue regard regardless of, you know i'm 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 63 and i you know and i i i work out every morning at 4 30 i i did last last month I did 6,000 push-ups in a month. Um, and I, I just refuse to let this thing uh, be anything but humor. I don't take myself serious. I just say, hey, listen, that, that comedy, if we don't bring comedy to this, we won't attract people. Bring it back to that, to someone's question there on Facebook, a comment about entertainment. We have to entertain people. Because 
we're we live in a in a in a society now where social media is the truth, regardless of what it the facts. It's the truth. I mean, regardless of the facts. I mean, there there are things I see. Just yesterday, I saw them equating um, child pornography um, censorship to the pandemic movie censorship, and and this was real. I mean, people were really, and it's like. Like really, in a world, in, the, in a world we live, now live in a world where we're going to take child pornography and the the movie, the pandemic movie that was out there, and say that make that comparison. It just it blows me away. So um, if we don't have humor in this, we've we've got to you know um, we're not going to succeed. And and um, people are too serious. They need to, you know, you know. Sometimes it's funny. On. It's really funny stuff, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, if if you read it, my um my um, you know, I, I hesitate saying some of the stories that are going to be in this book, but in this in in this um one story, it's called Field Day. Now, I'm not saying that we did this, so let me be right up front and saying to that, but there was some um, field day in Lowell where the school shut down and there was this big parade and we went to Holy Ghost Five. It was this big thing, May 1st. And um, um, the, um, we, we had the, the, kid, the sixth grade kids had this, uh, this um, contest. And, and forgive me, I, I, I apologize up front. I know people would, but it was a breast squeezing contest. What? And I know that's horrible, Chris. I'm, 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 I'm but we're talking about humor. And there was this whole set of rules. It started downtown, the thing, and it was about get, the crowds were so big and how we practiced in Bon Marche. And, you know, we, we were, we were 13. And uh, I'm not saying we did this. This is all, this is fiction. But my point of the matter is, is that they're funny. You know, um, and and I I try and do that with uh, you know you'll see one of my characters in the in the detox Crazy Mary, um, true true um, true you know beautiful girl uh, I loved her she's gone now but she she's like freaking hilarious I mean the stuff in this detox that happens in the detox with with um, uh, Tommy Ellis. The, uh, and the wet brain and the, the kid that drinks uh, a bottle of scope and is on antibuse and almost dies. It's just, they're, they're, they're tra tragic, but they're hilarious. Richie, what would you say would be the top films or um, documentaries that people should see about mental health and addiction? What are the, what are the must see ones that, that in your opinion? Oh man, I, uh, you know. Um, Sorry, I didn't catch that. Try talking about your edit. What happened? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, um, the you know that's a good question, Kimberly, and I wish I had the answers. I mean, um, the uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to, to be honest with you, I I don't know. I I I haven't really watched many of them. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. And then he. Chris, Chris, do you know any any good ones? Or well, I mean, I think "Beautiful Boy" and "Ben Is Back" is a good 
kind of, you know, I mean, Julia Roberts really, um, for the most part, depicted what a mother goes through, Um, you know, and Ben is back is kind of a dad's version of what a dad goes through. And, Mm. you know, you kind of both in both of them, you see how a family is affected, directly affected. Um, I mean, as far as movies go, you know, no, there's really not anything out there that I tells the, the real one, story. The, the Kimberly, the one that just came to me, and, and I don't know, but I'm more of a dramatic guy and a love story type of guy, is that is um, uh, is The Star is Born. And, uh, and it was, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good one. one. But, like, I, like, I got up. I was sitting next to my wife. I said, I'm not watching the ending. I know what's going to happen. And I walked out. I couldn't see him hang himself. It was just like I mean, my my eyes fill up now thinking about it. It's just that. So if we're going to talk about life. Here's a guy that had it all. Millions fans and and he just couldn't. You know the love of his life. He couldn't. So if if you ever want to see a story of what the horrors of this, I. That that was the one when I was thinking about what you were saying, Chris. That's so. So let me go here with this. Our forecast, you know, when this uh, pandemic, you know, when we're through the four stages of this pandemic, um, I I quoted uh, this morning an article that was written in uh, Drug Free, I think, about uh, seventy five thousand people are have are have passed because yeah. since yeah. this pandemic because of suicide and drugs yeah. and alcohol. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Man, I got to tell you, I was telling someone, I wouldn't want her. I, I mean, you know, people like you, Kimberly, and people that have these homes and stuff, that's a frontline people because I don't know. I remember myself, I was coming off 10 bags a day of heroin. I was like the end of the world. I was either going to jail for a long time or, going to get this. And I got to tell you, I went to a meeting. I, I worked out in the gym uh, in the early in the morning uh, and then went, walked up the street to the Lowell shelter to a meeting, went to a lunchtime meeting, went to a night meeting. I went to three meetings a day. My, my sponsor around people constantly. I don't know how people, I mean, this is great meeting you, you guys on zoom and stuff, but I don't know how people, turn off the zoom and then are left with themselves. Uh, and that's a tough, it's a tough thing. So I don't, I, I, this, this um, other pandemic that we're not uh, talking about now, because there's one in front of it um, is going to go on for quite some time. It's funny. You say pandemic. I've been calling this for years a pandemic and they will, they will not give it the pandemic title. They'll only call it an epidemic, which is, you know, a definition of a pandemic is something that happens in multiple states, countries and everything else. And we've been in a pandemic with substance abuse and mental health issues for years. And we can't get that title. We can't get that. We can't get that. It's because it's a moral issue to them. There's, you know, they didn't, you know, someone walks into a, place and gets a, um, a, a, uh, you know, a moist particle in, in their nose and gets affected and dies. Right. But someone that takes a needle and puts it in their arm 
is is different than that. And 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 that's the whole thing. It's just you know morals are the are the key to 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 everything, right? Is that the, the most um, the 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 worst people on the planet have the best morals. You know, I mean, they they come off in appearance, but behind their back, they're horrible individuals. You know, really the case for sure. Yeah. yeah, I just thought of another movie, The Pharmacist. Right? Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that was a great That's movie. Another one. I thought, yes. yeah. And Richie, I want to try out for the part of, of Nurse Ratchet in your oh, in your documentary. <laughs> she's she's the best. Um, in in my movie, it was um, Mrs. K, and and. Okay. Uh, she, that was her, and she's a cat. She is like took care of her father. She had this detox. She was in in her sixties, and she was rough, tough. Um, didn't take any 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 crap at all. And um, um, she was the one at the end that told me to go next door and tell me that Solomon's mental health because she saw she actually crossed a line. Told me to go next door. And tell them that you're going to end your life. They'll keep you and put you back in. Because I, I had that that I can't leave this place. I'm not going to survive out there. You know, I can I stay another couple of days. And and uh, um, so that nurse, um, Mrs. K, was incredible. Um, but but um, um, yeah, okay, you could you you can play her. Um, <laughs> Virginia Madsen wanted to play her, so oh, you can she find might her be a better her. option. <laughs> she might be a better uh, choice, just you know. <laughs> um, but the yeah, so the um, you know, it's just uh, it's just uh, the moral issue, Chris, is what comes to play uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. All right, so where can um, where can people find you? And uh, yeah, how can we get okay. how can we get in touch? Legacy Legacy11.com. Legacy Legacy 1111. So it's lay so it's spelled out. Legacy and then 11 spelled out and then the yeah. number 11. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. great. Yeah, that's you. Thank yeah. you so much, Richie. Your story is amazing. Thank you. Great, we, great meeting you. Great meeting yeah, you, Andrew Kimberly. Chris, <laughs> like to see you again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Love you all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Richie. Take care. So that's our show, guys. Thank you for joining us on the map, and we will see you next Wednesday at 11 uh, on Facebook Live. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Bye, everyone.